You are now listening to the Griot's Black Podcast Network, Black Culture Amplified. Hello, and welcome back to the Griot Daily, the only podcast that knows what to do if your train goes off the track. Pick it up. No, no, pick it up. Pick it up. I'm world-famous white peopleologist Michael Harriet, and I'm kind of like a Baptist preacher, so I ain't gonna hold you long. You know, I know Reverend Jenkins, he be lying when he say he ain't gonna hold you long. But I'm only going to take up like 10, 15 minutes of your time every day to talk about something that's going on in our village, right? And while Reverend Jenkins might not ever dedicate a single sermon to white people, you know, because there are no white people in the Bible. The Grio Daily, we welcome all of God's children into our loving arms. So we dedicate every midweek episode to white people Wednesdays. That's when we travel to the deepest regions of Caucasity to explore the world of whiteness. Think of me as like the alligator hunter of whiteness. And today we're gonna to talk about one of the scariest subjects in all of Caucasia, CRT. No, we're not talking about the legal theory that uses the lens of race to examine social structures. We're talking about white people's fear of historical truth and history and conversations about race, we call it Caucasian race theory. I'm Michael Harriet, world famous white peopleologist, and this is the Grio Daily. Before we get into this, we're going to have to explain how all of this started. So, if you read white people's versions of the news or history, Law professor and civil rights attorney Derek Bell created critical race theory in the 1980s out of thin air. And he was the pioneer, don't get me wrong. But you know how white people think, right? They think Martin Luther King invented civil rights. They think, you know, um, Harriet Tubman invented the Underground Railroad. They think, uh, I don't know, Juvenile invented backing that ass up. While Bell did pioneer using the law and a racial lens to examine legal structures, black people have been doing that like since forever. For instance, there was a lawyer who argued that the movement to abolish slavery was in direct conflict with the Constitution. And he was a judge too, but the judge who wrote that, he came a little bit before Derrick Bell. See, his name was Macon Bolin Allen. He was literally the first black lawyer in America. And one of the fears that white people have about CRT is that it makes white kids feel bad. We are not gonna tell uh, some kindergartner that they're an oppressor based on their race and what may have happened 100 or 200 years ago. I would like black kids to be completely empowered to know that they are beautiful in their blackness. Mm -hmm. But in order to do that, I don't have to make white kids feel bad for being white. Wait, school isn't supposed to make you feel bad? Hey, hey somebody, yeah, uh, yeah. can y'all get my mama on the phone? Yeah, yeah, uh, she damn near cussed me out when she found out I didn't know my timetables. Yeah, 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 I was six though. Don't get back to the episode, okay. Well. If you're studying slavery though, shouldn't you feel bad? Do you want kids giggling about lynching and human trafficking? Or do you not want to teach them at all? And if we didn't feel bad, why do we teach history at all? For instance, 
kids learn about the English colonists and how the Dutch settled New York and the Spanish in Florida. And then when we get the black people, we teach our kids that the slaves came from Africa. Wait, 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 wait. Slaves came from Africa, but, but what was their religion? No, they just came from Africa. But, 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 but you said like the Dutch people was farmers and then they were aristocrats and some of them, you know, had religion, they were pilgrims. So, so was the African people, were they Akan warriors? Was, you know, the Mandingo warriors? No, they was just African. But, but that's a whole continent though. Like, were they born slaves? You know, you said the pilgrims was pilgrims before they came over here, right? And the English, they were settlers looking to seek a new land and the Spanish had conquistadors. So how the Africans, were they slaves when they came over here? And where exactly did they come from again? Africa. Apparently black people don't have countries or religions or skills. See all those black people who came over here through force and kidnapping. They were just people from a continent. And doesn't erasing the history, culture, and the whole backstory of an entire people make black kids feel bad? Doesn't this inherently teach black kids that their origin story is worthless in the context of the entire American education system? That's Caucasian race theory. And to be fair, you know what? White people didn't actually care about CRT for a long time. They didn't care about critical race theory. What they hate is any unimpeachable truth that reveals the social, political, or economic advantage that they have had in America since the beginning. So how did this get to be so crazy? In March of 2021, this dude named Christopher Rufo admitted that his goal was to have the public read something crazy in the newspaper and immediately think critical race theory. Yeah, his goal was just to make everything black negative. That's how everything became CRT. The 1619 Project, Black History Month, washcloths, it all became CRT. And he wasn't done. See, Rufo, he wasn't just like some dude on Twitter. He actually worked for a powerful think tank called the Manhattan Institute. And it's like run by like the whitest white people that spread ideas like Western societies, white people are better and that black people have lower IQs. Like, you know, no, that's really a thing that they wrote. So in August of 2021, the Manhattan Institute created a sample piece of legislation for Republican lawmakers that redefined CRT according to the Manhattan Institute and Christopher Rufo's definition. And since then, according to education advocacy outlet Chalkbeat, at least 36 states have introduced legislation or executive orders that restrict teachers from educating students on racism, black history, or even using the word white people. Because you know, white people hate when you say white people. But where did they get those ideas from? Like where did the Manhattan Institute get them? Did they just like create this sample legislation? Well, if you look at those laws, they are almost copy and paste it from that Manhattan Institute sample legislation. And whenever I read research, like I'm a nerd. So I always look at like the footnotes and the endnotes. So let's do it with the Manhattan Institute's sample legislation that ended up in 36 states miraculously, right? Let's see where 
they got all of this research for them to create these racist anti-CRT laws. Oh wait, that's Christopher Rufo, Christopher Rufo, and Christopher Rufo again. Oh man, it's just like all Christopher Rufo, the guy who said his goal was to make people have negative feelings about black history. Doesn't it all make sense now? Well, I mean, it actually makes me feel bad, but you know what, I don't mind. See, throughout American history, making people feel bad has actually been a good thing because it actually causes change. The Voting Rights Act was fought for for years, but you know what made them actually sign the law? Because white people felt bad when they saw police beating protesters on the Edmund Pettus Bridge. You know, the March on Washington's entire point was to make white people feel bad. That was the whole point of many of the civil rights protests during that era. And I know y'all think that Donald Trump became president because of economic anxiety, but what the hell is economic anxiety? You know what it is, right? It's just white people feeling bad. Also, it probably had a little bit of something to do with them taking orders for eight years from a black dude, but you know, feeling bad is actually a catalyst for change. So let's look at things that make me feel bad. A new study published by the National Academy of Sciences pulled data from close to 2 million hospital births in Florida for over two decades. The study found that if black babies were cared for by black doctors, they were twice as likely to survive than if cared for by white doctors. A 2019 EdBuild report showed that majority white districts receive about $23 billion more in annual funding than non-white districts, even though they serve about the same number of students. Black girls are seven times more likely than their white counterparts to experience one or more out-of-school suspensions, and they're nearly three times more likely than their white and Latinx counterparts to be referred to the juvenile court. Yeah, you know what else feels bad? Racism. And the only thing that we can do to change it is to make other people feel bad. We got to make people understand that it is bad that a black boy is six times more likely to be shot and killed by a police officer than a white boy. We should feel bad that kids with black sounding names are more likely to have their resumes tossed in the garbage. We should feel bad that no matter how hard a black person works or how long they go to school, they will statistically be paid less than a white person with the same education and experience. We should feel bad that the average black person has one dime for every dollar that the average white family has. And every black child in America lives in a separate country than the white privileged children, and it should make everybody feel bad. Imagine if you went to the doctor's office, right? And you found out that you had cancer because you know, racism, it really is a cancer. But before you found out, the doctor ran all those tests and he looked in all your holes. Look, I'm not a doctor, but I think the technical name is looking in holes. I think, oh, yeah, they're telling me in the control booth that that's called a, a doctor's exam. Hey, look, we'll agree to disagree. But after he looked in all your holes, he discovered that you have a malignant growth that is probably going to kill you. But you know, there's a good chance that chemotherapy and an operation maybe could save your life. 
and he walked into the room to tell you about this operation or about this new spectacular treatment that could cure cancer. But just before he walked in, the nurse grabbed him by the arm and said, hey, are you sure you want to tell the patient about this treatment? Like, are you sure you want to let them know that they're sick and they might die and that this cancer is growing inside their body that will definitely kill them? Because you know, it might make them feel bad. Now, how much sense does that make? See, either you can believe that the path towards progress, equality, and a multicultural equal democracy is through learning about the injustices of the past, or you can believe that one day, on one bright morning, all the white people in America will wake up at the same time, hop in the shower without a washcloth, grab a cup of coffee, and say to themselves, you know what? This world that gave me this educational advantage, which gave me this health advantage, which gave me this economic advantage, which gave me a political advantage, which lasted throughout my life and my mama's life and my grandfather's life, dating back to before they wrote the constitution, I think I should give that up. And I'm not making this decision based on anything I learned in school or anything a teacher told me or anything I read in the book. The thought just dropped into my mind out of the blue. Do you believe that will happen? And if not, then the only option that we have is to make people feel bad about upholding the status quo. And that's why we should be making white children feel bad. And if you don't think so, then you believe in Caucasian race theory. Thank you for coming to the Griot Daily. Don't forget to download the Griot app. Don't forget to subscribe. And don't forget to tell at least one of your friends about this podcast. And as always, I'll leave you with another black saying about the probability that white people will magically come to their senses and start giving up their privilege. Who do I look like? Boo Boo the Fool. Thank you for listening to the Griot Daily. If you like what you heard, please give us a five-star review, download the Grio app, subscribe to the show, and share it with everyone you know. Please email all questions, suggestions, and compliments to podcasts at thegrio.com. You are now listening to the Grio's Black Podcast Network, Black Culture Amplified. What's going on, everybody? Panama Jackson here, and I'm the host of the Dear Culture Podcast on the Griot Black Podcast Network. And I'm telling you to check us out every Thursday on the Griot's app to make sure you get that new, amazing, original Black content, that awesome creativity. Check us out. Dear Culture, Panama Jackson, out. <laughs>